In today's show, I'm looking back at the action from Monday in the NBA. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. We're going to talk about Monday's action. There was a trade today. It's pretty low level. Fiondo Cabangale is traded from the Clippers to the Kings. I say it's low level, but maybe it means something else is coming. Is Whiteside moving on? Is Cabangale already better than Hassan Whiteside? Is Rashawn Holmes getting traded? Or is it just a flyer with Marvin Bagley out for a third-string center with Chemezi Metu also injured? But just keep an eye on Cabagalli because he's a three-point shooting, shot-blocking guy with a decent fan- fantasy profile. Uh, just keep an eye on that in Sacramento. Let's talk now about the games that did happen on Monday. First one of those, the Sacramento Kings, the aforementioned Sacramento Kings, 119-105 over Cleveland. Rashawn Holmesy Holmes, he's, he's, he's really good. 17-16 and 16 with one steal and two blocks, 89% from the field. That's probably not going to stick. But he's a plus 23 in this one. Um, look, he, he's, he's really good. He's the 14th ranked player over the last two weeks. He had 49 fantasy points here. Hard to see a team that he goes to where he puts up as good numbers, maybe Charlotte. But yeah, he's dominating. Well, this is why I said, you know, Tyrese Halliburton's must roster. Don't panic after the slow start. Make sure if you can, you buy low. 36 minutes, 28 points, four triples, one steal, one block. Like Holmes, the 73% shooting won't stick for Tyrese. But he's a clear must roster player who's the 57th ranked player this year in just 30 minutes per night. He's good. He's going to remain good. He shouldn't move out of the starting lineup. He should have been in it from basically the second game of the year by putting up some big numbers. Foxy had 30 and 6 with 6 assists and 2 steals, but guess what? He shit the bet at the free throw line once again. This is what reduces his overall category value. But, of course, if you're punting free throws, then it's pretty strong. While the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy! Starting to fall off a little bit here, Barnesy. Just the 9 points, but 10 boards. Eight assists, that's still really good. Only 40% shooting. He's down, he's the 81st ranked player, which I think is close to the best season he's ever had so far. While Bud healed, just poor shooting once more from Bud. 19 points with five triples. He had six rebounds and two assists. He had totally fine numbers, and he has been better of late. 59th over the last two weeks. He had 30 fantasy points here. Your mate Hassan Whiteside had 12 minutes. He had six points. Now, he had two blocks and seven rebounds. We know that he is absolutely a permanent monster. We also know that he is, I don't know, one of the worst centers in the NBA. The worst. And this includes a league that Nick Richards and Vernon Carey play in. Um, yeah. I have been telling you to drop Hassan Whiteside for three months, but the trade deadline is three days away. It's less than three days away. So if for some reason you still have Hassan Whiteside, you have to hold through the trade deadline because he's terrible. But if he plays 25 minutes, there will be enough numbers there for it to be useful. For the Cavs, JaVale McGee. 18-9, two blocks in 19 minutes. He was really good. Now, I don't think that he can be consistently good. 
I don't think that he can be consistently a 12-team league or even 14-team league guy, but he's the 112th ranked player over the last two weeks. He had 36 fantasy points here. This was a really good performance, and there is a massive chance that he is bought out by the Cavs, of course, by Suck, and maybe he goes to a role where he plays 13 minutes somewhere, but at least is something to look at for deeper leagues. Sexo only the 29 minutes in the blowout, 15-4-7, and seven, while Garland played 28 and had 17 points. Just not a good day in general for the Cavs. Jared Allen, who had rebounded the last couple of games, was not all that good here. 11-9, one block. And horrible percentages, 36 from the field, 60 from the line. He's He should be yeah, much better than in both of those numbers, but just a really, really poor game in general. And Larry Nance also struggled, just the four points. Now, he brought the three steals, which is nice, but everything else there was pretty limited, just 21 fantasy points from Nance. He still should be on a 12-team roster pretty clearly because I, I don't think Kevin Love's returning this season, but maybe I could be wrong there. There are still two months to go, but uh, some struggles there for Nance for sure. While... Uh, uh, Isaac Okoro had six points in his 28 minutes with two steals. He's still a fair way away from being that 12-team league guy, I believe. Guys, if you were with me over the weekend, you would have seen that I was on Locker Room, and this episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I'm going to host a Locked On Fantasy Basketball room once a week. Last week I did it on Friday. i probably do it on Friday again, but I'll definitely tweet that out when that is going. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join a conversation about the league. You can follow me over there at JoshLloyd48 and just search for Locked On Fantasy as well, as well as other hosts right across the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, go download that free Locker Room app now. It's currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL group for the latest league updates. Follow me again, JoshLloyd48, to be notified when my room goes live. I want to, I know you don't want to miss it and you get a chance to come up on stage and talk to me up there as well. Locker Room is changing the way that we talk sports. If you're looking for a part for your car, don't go into your local chain store. The answer is right there on your phone or on your computer, rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low, and they are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, and write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, let's flick it over. Next game, second game of the day, we've got the Oklahoma City Thunder beating the Minnesota Timberwolves 112-113. And I am not even joking here, but Mark Dagnott, I, he's got to be in the discussion for coach of the year. How he keeps doing this is remarkable. And I know it's hard to give coach of the year for a team that's going to finish with, what, the 13th best record in the Western Conference. But just have a look at this. Al Horford rested for the second time in two days. There was no Darius Baisley, who was allegedly hurt. There was, oh, sorry, no, Darius Baisley's actually hurt. There was no Lou Dort, who was allegedly hurt. No George Hill. And you're running out starting lineups of Alexei Pokyshevsky. Isaiah Roby and Moses Brown with Teo Maladon and Shea Gildas-Alexander. Now, Shea was great. 31, 3 and 4, 1 steal, 2 blocks. Teo was all right. Actually, Theo had 9 points with 3 threes, 5 assists, a steal and a block. But he's just that uh, 14 to 16 team league guy for uh, defensive numbers. Pokyshevsky, this is the flashes, guys. 13 and 10, 
three threes and three blocks and only 39% shooting. So it could have been actually significantly better, but it wasn't because that shooting, and the shooting has been horrendous from him all season, but um, it just goes to show the absolute value that he potentially can bring um, when things uh, when things go right for him. Um, with Baisley still, it doesn't look like appearing any, any closer to returning. There is some value in having Pokyashevsky. He's going to have some shit nights for sure. Um, but there is value there. While Moses Brown, weird night from the field, just 33%, four points. But 34 minutes, 17 boards, one steal, three blocks. Pretty hard to complain about that. 34 fantasy points. He's now a top 100 player over the last two weeks. I think he's a must-roster 12-team league guy. We know there are going to be so many Al Horford rests. And then there are going to be in-game rests from Horford as well. Big numbers from Moses. Only 15 minutes for McKay. Look, he had 10 points with two threes. He had a pretty big dunk in this one as well. But again, I don't really know what his rotation role is when Dort, Baisley, and uh, Horford Hill, when those guys return, if they ever return, uh, especially Hill, to play for this team. Well, Isaiah Roby, he was okay. He started 9-4 and four with a triple one. Like, that's all right, but it's definitely not great. I would prefer Brown. I probably prefer Pokyshevsky over him at this point as well, just for that overall upside. But I do like Roby as a player. Um, just, yeah, there's other guys probably just exceeding him at this point. For the, the Wolves, Carl Towns looked like he hurt his wrist early on and was not looking great. You know, oh, shit. But then he had 33 and 10. He hit five threes. He had two steals and a block. He's really good. Now, the shooting's not ideal, 36% from the field, but seeing him with a 37% usage is everything that I want to see. I want to see him do this. I want to see him get these... Your big usage games. I don't want to see shithouse guards going around jacking up shots that have no chance at going in. Yes, I'm looking at you, Andrew Wiggins. And yes, I'm looking at you, D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards. At times, Ricky Rubio, Josh Okogie. Like, just give the ball to your best player and get kids out of the room. Get the fuck out of the way. Just let him do what he needs to do. And Chris Finch is doing that at the moment. And it's, it's, it's coming up all right. It's coming up all right for Townsie. Rubio, I said this at the start of the season. Sort of half in jest, sort of to um, you know trigger people who thought D'Angelo Russell might be in the MVP conversation. You know who it is. Um, and I said, is Rubio a better point guard for this team than Russell? Is he? I think he is. 11 points. 11, he was definitely at the moment because Russell's out. 11 points, 11 assists, two steals. He's playing more like Phoenix Rubio than Minnesota Rubio at the start of the season because Rubio was terrible. And to be fair, Rubio was garbage to begin this season, but he is coming on really strong. He's a must-roster 12-team league guy. I think there's zero chance that they go with him over Russell down the stretch, but he's a top 50 player the last two weeks. Big numbers. Jalen Noel had 14 points in 28 minutes. That's what he does. He scores. While the forward rotation continues to be the worst position group in the entire NBA. After starting Jaden McDaniels and Josh Kogi last game, they moved those guys to the bench and they went back to the tried and true combination of Jake Lehman and Jared Vanderbilt. For what idea, I have absolutely no... I couldn't tell you why. Lehman played 17 minutes and had six points. Cool. Um, Jared Vanderbilt played 16 minutes and had zero points. Cool. Didn't take a shot. 0% usage. He did have two steals and a block. But then McDaniels, who played almost 30 minutes last game, played 15 and had two points. That's the spot to watch for the trade deadline because if something happens and they get a player in there who's below average, they're going to play 30 minutes and be a useful guy. It's a real black hole. Speaking of black holes, Anthony Edwards, 32 minutes, 16 points on 16 shot attempts, a terrible minus 17. He was bad. He was benched down the stretch. This is some of the concern we had for... um, 
for Edwards is that would this hot shooting continue? And then the second concern is what happens to the usage when Russell and Beasley return? We're like two games away from Malik Beasley returning as well. He still had 26 usage, but they just gave the ball to Towns, which is what they should do all the time. Edwards is the 167th ranked player this year. I do not believe that he should be the rookie of the year at this point. Of course, we've still got two months of the year to go. But if I was voting right now, I'd vote for Lamella Ball, and I still probably will. But again, I'll see how that all goes down the stretch. Edwards has been playing at a much more elevated level, but this was a return to the dark days of what was happening in the uh, the, the early portion of the season. Still want to hold him, though, in fantasy leagues. Um, Jared Culver, man, I know he's had some injuries, but he is looking to be a pretty large bust at pick number six. Zero points in eight minutes, and he just looks lost most of the time. He's not really doing anything. Um, but yeah, um, it's not, not ideal for him and where his NBA career lies at this stage. All right, let's go on to the next game. The Charlotte Hornets beat the Spurs 100-97. to No LaMelo ball, so we got a big spike in usage for Gordon Hayward. That's not a big surprise. 27-7-6 and six in 37 minutes, while Terry Rozier also um, yeah, played pretty well outside of the shooting numbers, which have... I've dropped off a little bit for Tez of late. 24-3-6 with two steals and a block is really good. Paul Washington Jr., 42 minutes. Don't see that too often from him. 10-13-5 with a steal and two blocks on some pretty rough shooting, 29%, but good counting stats. Well, Devontae Graham started, only played 29 minutes. Nine points, three threes, four assists. Now, I still will add, would add him. I think he'll play some more minutes over the coming days. Um, I'm surprised at how many people already had him on a roster. That That's nonsense. But um, for now, he's a guy that you add. Malik Monk, I think, also can be a 12-team league guy. 11-1-3, but it wasn't a great night there. While Miles Bridges, holy shit. Two points in 28 minutes. He took two shots. Now, there was a lot of people telling me, hey, Miles Bridges is going to get a big boost with the Mallow out. And I'm pretty sure I said this yesterday. But I didn't really see it. I didn't really see how it would impact him significantly. Um, one game in, that's proven correct. I, I don't know how that goes. If you do have him, he can be a hold. He's a 120th ranked player, but the last little bit of time has not been good for uh, Bridges. He's like outside the top 180 over the last two weeks and yeah, he's struggling somewhat. So he is quite fringy. This is probably a really yeah, down worst case scenario though for his outcome. For the Spurs. Maximum Derek. 36 minutes for Derek White. 21 points, five triples, three rebounds, one assist, one steal, three blocks, 64% from the field, 100% from the line. Um, before I recorded this segment, I said I wasn't going to say anything about Derek White, but yeah, and and I'm I, just because so many people just don't don't get it. So I'll say something. It's again what I said. If you think he's going to continue to shoot 34% from the field, then he's a drop. As simple as that. He won't, and he's got a history of being a better shooter, and we saw it today. Like, this is the value. He will have some rough nights. There is no denying that. He will have some poor nights. No no problem in saying that at all. It's definitely going to happen. But all the, some of the things, man, the Spurs, they guard, they've got too many young good guards they give minutes to. He played 36 minutes, the most of anybody on the team. Lonnie, someone said Lonnie Walker's better than him. He isn't. Lonnie Walker played nine minutes. Derek White is... Okay, DeRozan probably at the moment is the best player. Derek White is the second best player on this team. Comfortably, I think. Um, and it's just been a rough start for him with some poor shooting. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 30 player this year or a top 50 player. He isn't. He's going to have some struggles. But I will, as I've said multiple times, without an IR, when he broke his toe, he was a drop. Four or five weeks out, you can't hold on. I like that. But he is a must-roster player. And... That's that's my opinion. DeMar DeRozan, 28 points, 5 assists on, 69% shooting. 
Giggity. Jakub Pertl, four blocks, 11 boards. 26 minutes, not the greatest night from Yak, but still pretty good. Well, Murray, just the nine points on 36% shooting, not a great shooting night, but the triple one is great. The seven rebounds, the four assists, and solid numbers there. And Keldon Johnson, who went bananas over the weekend and then went back to the games that made me say, yeah, I think you can drop him. Nine points in 32 minutes, one three, one block, 33%. Despite those couple of good games, Keldon is the 161st ranked player over the last two weeks. Would I still hold him in 12-team leagues? Probably. But you are going to get some fluctuations in consistency from Keldon Johnson. And yeah, that's that's going to be a problem. It's going to be a concern for sure. Would I would I drop him after this? I dropped him before the couple of good games. Would I drop him after this? I probably would like to hold a little bit more. But again, um, we're talking about a guy that... that after a really hot start, struggled for a while, and COVID was a part of that, but struggled before COVID, and then had two really big games and you know, fell off again here. Paddy Mills played a lot of minutes, 32 of them, in fact, 10 points with three threes, and you mentioned Devin Vassell only 10 minutes, and Lonnie Walker, after his career best night, had three points in nine minutes. He was negative 15 in nine minutes. That's really bloody hard to do. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's not easy to be able to put up those sort of numbers. I, I do not think Lonnie Walker... Lonnie Walker somehow, somehow is rostered in 9% of our advanced league metrics, which takes into cash 12-team cash leagues across Yahoo. I don't know who those people are, but maybe, maybe, maybe have a think about it. Maybe just, yeah, maybe reconsider that. Guys, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place your bets online. Simple. It's an easy way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real time, updated odds, and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using our promo code LOCKEDON. Bet Online are your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you for a while about the best tasting protein bar that there is, and that is Built Bar. It is the low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now it is time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, or oh, it's a good one, white chocolate birthday cake versus coconut. Coconut is the goat. My son agrees coconut is the goat. Coconut is the goat. We are voting coconut all the way home here. Um... And if you want to vote, go to builtbar.com, place your vote. Also, go to their Twitter account at bar underscore built. And remember, when you're ordering the best tasting protein bar ever, use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, let's go. Next game. Oh, man, the Raptors. 99 to Houston 117. Congratulations, every Rockets fan. You get a win. That's it's awesome. It's been so long between wins that I'm sure you're celebrating this really hard. But I'm going to focus on the Raptors first. This is horrendous. From them, I know that the Jedi Ojinobi was out. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. Resting after his COVID and then resting uh, you know, just to protect his calf injury. But there's something off with this team. I don't know what it is. Are they going to just tear everything down here and sell guys? Norm Powell, Kyle Lowry, are they gone? It's feeling more and more like it, to be honest. We can't blame this on Fred Van Vliet. He played 41 minutes. He was a minus four in that time, but that's you know, easily one of the best on this team. 27 and eight, four triples and four steals on 53% shooting. 
Unfortunately, Kyle Lowry was a minus 25 and Norman Powell was a minus 23. Lowry had 17, 4, and 8 with two blocks. So good counting stats. Powell, 19 points on 18 shots, but as usual, his peripherals were off. Three assists, two rebounds, one steal. You know I've had my concerns about Powell. You know that I've said he's a sell high for like two years. I I worry. I worry about what happens here with him. I'll continue to worry because I just don't believe. I like him as a player. I think he's a good player. I just don't think he's as good as what we've seen over the last two months. And he was pretty poor here, as was Chris Boucher. One of seven from the field, four points in 22 minutes with 10 boards and two blocks. And again, one of the things that I stressed ad nauseum with Boucher to begin this season is Nick Nurse does not like him. Nick Nurse does not trust him. And there's going to be lots of ups and downs with the minutes. And we've seen that. We're seeing that a lot. He's not a drop. He's a hold. But holy shit, it's frustrating. Aaron Baines played six minutes. What? Stan Johnson started for OG. Went scoreless. The depth is poor. Now, Malachi Flynn continues to be in the rotation. Talked about this on the trade show earlier today, that if Lowry's gone, if Powell's gone, then maybe Flynn sees a bigger role, but they could also get back Hero or get back Maxi or get back Duncan Robinson or get back Hendrik Nahn or whoever. Other guards could come back in those deals, but Flynn's just a name to watch, just a a name to watch with how he's playing. He was the only player with a positive plus minus outside of DeAndre Bembry. They were both plus four. Bembry got ejected after seven minutes. Um, But just watch uh, Flynn as he's in the rotation at the moment. The Rockets, fantastic stuff. No Victor Oladipo, no Kevin Porter, and they win. Sterling Brown, whoo, what? 20 points, four triples, 10 rebounds in 34 minutes. The wild thing, Jay Sean Tate, he is stuffing that stat sheet like, I don't know, I was going to say something really rude. I won't say that. 22 points, six rebounds, five assists, three steals, 89% shooting for Jay Sean Tate. Uh, should be on a 12-team league roster for sure. Well, Johnny Wall, just horrendous shooting. 27% on 30 attempts. That is that is horrible. 40% usage, but 19, 11, and 10 with one steal and two blocks. So good points league numbers. Well, Kenyon Martin Jr. only played the 19 minutes, but he does have an ability to be a good fantasy player. Seven points, but eight boards, one steal, two blocks. 17% shooting is obviously horrendous, but if he hits a couple of extra buckets there, 11 and 8 with a steal and two blocks, it's pretty good. I wouldn't say he's a must-roster 12-team league guy, but he's a much must-watch 12-team league guy to see where this rotation goes. Rough start from Christian Wood, didn't score in the first half, had a lot of fouls, and then ended up with 19 points in 28 minutes. He was on a minutes restriction, that, that numbers. This, and this is something fantastic for the Rockets to winning, but I've got some criticisms of them. Yesterday, they, they played, and Christian Wood and John Wall were on a minutes limit, and they ignored those minutes limits, played them big minutes. So then they said today, all right, it's a back-to-back, um, we're going to put you back on the minutes limits. So then John Wall plays 36 minutes, like, I know you're striving for a victory. I know I feel sorry for Steven Silas. But for a bloke like Christian Wood just coming back from an injury, for a bloke like John Wall, it's irresponsible. It's really bad. And I don't know if that's coaching, that's medical staff, but don't say they're on a restriction and then ignore it literally for two days in a row. That's really, really bad. And, like, getting a win is important, but at what cost? Probably nothing, but, you know, not good. 18 minutes for DJ Augustin. He had four points. Obviously, he's not a threat anywhere. And again, let's see what happens when Kevin Porter's back and Victor Oladipo's back and how this rotation looks and what happens at the trade deadline. Could be some big things happening. That Sterling Brown game is good. We've seen him have some big performances, but yeah, not reliable enough to get too excited about it. Let's move on. Next game. This one was over in about two minutes, it felt like. The pace is going down to the Bucks. 140-113. There was no Malcolm Brogdon, no Miles Turner, so they started Edmund Sumner. He had three points in 15 minutes, but it was Jeremy Lamb. Really happy for Jeremy, who's been horrible, been struggling a lot. He played 27 minutes, had 21, 6, and 5 with three threes, a steal, and a block. Very, very good numbers. 
Do you want to rush to grab the player who's been the 291st ranked player over the last two weeks? Probably not. He's still 129th over the course of the season, backed by some early season really good shooting numbers. If you want to stream him for some points, if Brogdon's still up, maybe, but I'm not adding him based on this. While Sabonis had 22, 9, and 6, and Levert had 19, 5, and 4, 5 with two steals, and you'd be shocked to know he shot poorly. That's just a Levert trademark. And with Brogdon out, we got 32 minutes of Timothy John McConnell. He had 13, 2, and 7 with one steal. Another really good game. Again, hard to know exactly where that rotation lies because Brogdon and Turner are out, but that's really good stuff from him, and he should be on a roster, and yeah, it was probably the wrong call to drop him. Justin Holiday was bad in this one, like really bad. One of 10 for three points. He was really good in the last game. He's fine as a back-end 12-team league player. Interestingly enough, Goga Badadze, my man, was good. 19 minutes, 10 and 5 with a block in that time. Uh, I still believe he's going to be quite a good player. And shout out to Justin Holiday and Doug McDermott. Somehow they were both minus 32. That's pretty tough to do. McDermott had 20 points on 64% shooting, but of course contributed nothing in other areas and probably gave up an absolute shit ton. Well, he obviously did give up a shit ton going the other way. For the Bucks, there was no Yanni Antetokounmpo. They said they were starting punch Bob Bobby Portis, but they didn't. They started Paddy Connaughton. And the big Pat fella went off. 20 points, 6 triples, 9 rebounds. Portis was pretty good as well, 18 and 10 in 25 minutes, and that's the perfect opportunity to stream those blokes and to use them in DFS when Yanni isn't playing Portis. And, of course, it helps that PJ Tucker got hurt and only played 12 minutes in this one. So maybe Portis' 12-team league value is back on. Maybe go and add him and see what happens here. With Portis' uncertainty, with Tucker maybe missing some time, there's something there. Brooke Lopez only played 19 minutes. He had four fouls in that time, but had 18 points. While the big ragu played 28, had only eight, eight points, but 13 boards and four assists. He's a must-roster guy. While Drewy Holiday, 28, 5, and 14, two steals, a block, five threes, 73% shooting, and Middleton had 25, 8, and 6. Big numbers as the Bucks absolutely ass-kicked them. Next one, speaking of ass-kickings, the Chicago Bulls are trash. The Utah Jazz beat them 120-95. The Bulls, it doesn't matter what happens. I wasn't a big fan of the Billy Donovan signing as the head coach. He's significantly better than Jim Boylan, but there's just something wrong with this team. We'll talk about them in a second. But Utah, comfortable victory. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Twenty-one and ten and nine blocks. That's really bloody good. Eighty-two uh, percent from the line, and he hit all his free throws. Awesome stuff. The Don Donovan Mitchell. He's Don. He's good. 30 and 6, 6 assists, 5 triples, good games there. Well, Jinglin Joe continues to play at a really high level. 17 and 7 in 5 triples in only 25 minutes, 75% shooting. He's on a massive hot streak. He's a huge sell high if you can pull it off, which you probably can't. Jordy Clarkson also got back in the mix but didn't shoot well. 16 on 16 shots. While Mike Conley had 15 points in his 29 minutes. And Royce O'Neal, it was was average from him. 3 points in those 28. And guess what, guys? It was another shit night from Boyan Bogdanovich. What a shocker. Eight points in 30 minutes on 21% shooting. There is, I don't think there's any reason to hold on to him. Get that garbage out of here! Yeah, he can go in pretty much every situation. We've got three minutes of Ersan Ilyasova. I don't think he's going to be necessarily a regular rotation piece, but he played, so that was good. Um, on to the Bulls. Now, I was a proponent for Zach Levine being in the All-Star game. I think he deserved it. I think he's been really good. But the discussion that I had about Levine last year, I think it has to hold true. Why is every team that he's on garbage? Is there something just about him? Is it just bad luck that no one can build a team around him? Or is there just something with him? I, I, I don't know. It's probably not him. It's probably just bad luck, but man. 27 and 7 in 32 minutes. Sadoransky, 
13 points, 30 minutes, four assists, one steal, two blocks. He's a 12-team league guy. Well, Thad Young was also pretty strong. Now, Wendell Carter Jr., he's a clear drop, except the trade deadline is a couple of days away. Would he get traded? Maybe. I think you're still going to be pretty safe to drop him, but I'd probably want to hold. While Pat Williams had six points in his 31 minutes, he's not a 12-team league guy. And Lowry Markinen, my God. I was going to hit the get that garbage out of here just as him as a, as a good player, but I don't want you to get confused and think he's a fantasy drop, but man... Eight points on 25% shooting. <sighs> Going with him over Wendell Carter Jr. is insanity to me from Billy Donovan. I have said that all along. I don't know what Markinen's good at. Is he a good shooter? Evidence over a course of seasons will tell you no. Does he look like he's a good shooter? Yes. Can he defend? No. Can he pass? No. Can he create his own shot? No. What's he good at? I'm not actually sure what he is good at at this point. He had some hot shooting to begin the season, but eight and seven in 19 minutes, that's terrible. They even played Daniel Gafford there. Otto Porter, I'll hit it for this one. Get that garbage out of here! Kobe White. Get that garbage out of here! 10 points in 23 minutes. I said, said that best case scenario for White was being Jordan Clarkson and Lou Williams. That feels unattainable. He just is trash. He's had like four good weeks in the NBA in his life. He had a couple of good games this year, but... Maybe I'm, I don't know. I don't know what it is. This team just frustrates me with some of the things they do. And mainly because of the mistreatment of Wendell Carter Jr. I treat him like he's you know, my cousin or some shit, like everyone else treats Kevin Porter Jr. Um, but even he has been bad this year. He had six and eight in, in 18 minutes. I still would like to see him get more playing time, but he just gets roasted. He's I think he's a good defender, but he's getting killed this year. And it's not it's not great at all. Next game, the Boston Celtics. They go down in the end to the Memphis Grizzlies in overtime, 126-132. There was no Jason Tatum or no Kemba Walker for Boston. So Jalen Brown. JB, you've done it again. He had to step up and he did fine. 27-9-5 in 40 minutes. And the Rock DJ, Robbie Williams, 28 minutes, 17-6 and six with four blocks. An absolute guarantee must roster player. I don't know what the hell happens on a game-by-game -game basis because nobody does. But he's a must-roster player. Marcus Smart, 16-5-5. And, and Jeff Teague, who has been atrocious this season, had 26 points on 83% shooting because, of course, he did. Why, why couldn't I see that coming? He's been garbage. Don't get too excited there. Well, Vanilla Tice had 13-6 and six in 25 minutes. I, I still think that you're better off streaming his spot in 12-team leagues. Um, yeah. Shemi Ojale, six points in 34 minutes. Peyton Pritchard, why his minutes keep going down, I'm not really sure. He wasn't that good here. Six points with three assists in those 17 minutes, while uh, Grant Williams had 10 in 20. Disappointing loss, but I guess without Kemba, without Tatum, you can understand it. Now, on to the Memphis Grizzlies. Dylan Brooksy Brooks. He was good. 37 minutes, 24, 7 and 7 with two steals. That's a really good game from Dylan Brooks. Now, they're few and far between from him. He's the 175th ranked player over the last two weeks, including this game. So, you know, holding on to him is a decision that you have to make. I would make the decision in the, do I hold on to him? No, that would be my answer. But this was a good game. Well, Jonas Valanciunas. Jonas Valanciunas. 34 minutes, 16 and 19. As I have said for years, basically since this podcast started, if he plays 30 plus minutes a night, he's a top 40 player. He is in 29 minutes over the last two weeks, the 38th ranked player. There you go. That's what he can do. And Kyle Anderson, good to see him show some life for the first time in forever. 34 minutes, 14, 5, and 7, 3 steals, 3 blocks. They are, and I know I always get criticized when I say that, they're not souring. They're not souring on, on Brandon Clark. You know, he's, he's fine. He's just injured. I, he's not playing well. 8 and 4 in 19 minutes, and Anderson is getting more minutes than him. He's not playing well, Brandon Clark. Would I drop him? 
He's 119th ranked player this year in 26 minutes a night, and they're going down those minutes. They're not They're not looking good. In a 10-team league, sure, he's gone. In a 12-teamer, maybe. It's tough for me to say this one as well, but D'Anthony Melton, if you're only going to play the bloke nine minutes in the first three quarters and 15 minutes overall in an overtime game with no foul trouble, despite the fact that he was a plus four and the dickhead playing 33 minutes is Grayson Allen, and they scored the same amount of points then it's really hard for me to hold on to De'Anthony Melton because at some point I look at it and go, I know that De'Anthony Melton is good. I know because I've got the numbers in front of me. He's the 108th ranked player in 20 minutes per night. If he gets 25 minutes a night, he'll smash the top 100. But when I see this happen day after day with inferior players playing significantly more minutes, at some point I've just got to say, well, maybe I've just got to move on. It's frustrating. But 15 minutes in an overtime game, nine minutes in the first three quarters, despite, again, yeah, playing well. When Grayson Allen's out there having nine points of his own in his 33 minutes and being a negative three in a game that they win, team worst, by the way. Not what a surprise. That is shocker. Wow. Um, Yeah, it's it's tough. Ja Morant, 41 minutes. Again, hurt you in the free throws, but 29, five, and nine is good. But what are the indicators for Ja Morant? How many threes did he hit? One. How many steals did he have? Zero. This is where the concern lies. Ja Morant is your 242nd ranked player over the last two weeks. That's obviously horrendous. He's not a top 100 player this year. That's obviously horrendous. He is better than that, quite clearly. And we saw some big numbers, big alley-oop. That's all very sexy. But in fantasy, he does hurt you in a few areas. Now, 47 fantasy points is good. He's probably a better points though. He's definitely a better points league player than category league guy. But we just want hope for a little bit more. Shout out to Justice Winslow being a team best plus 11. He had 8-4-4 four, four in 22 minutes. Probably one of his better games, but again... Shouldn't really be anywhere near the uh, the twelve team league discussion. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't have thought anyway. On to the last game of the day. That was pretty rough stuff from Atlanta. The uh, the Clippers end up winning that one. Now, is my score wrong there? I'm getting conflicting scores coming up. Unfortunately, I don't know what's going on. No, that, that's right. One nineteen, one ten. The Clippers get the win. The Hawks were up massive, and then Ty Lue, middle of the third quarter, just benched his starters, and that was it. That was the end of the Hawks' winning streak. They are done. They are out of here. Um, it was interesting to see Danilo Gallinari, who was playing pretty well, uh, is not anymore. Hands off my Six points in 24 minutes. I thought, yeah, Nate McMillan, he, he's liking what he's doing, but Gallinari was a plus 14 and just didn't see the court that much in this one. And his numbers are starting to regress. I'm still holding, as I'm doing for most of these guys, but it's not looking good. It's not also looking good for Bogdan Bogdanovic, who played 22 minutes, and Kevin Herter, who played 27 minutes. 12 points for Bogdanovic, 2 points for Herter with 5 assists. But the return of DeAndre Hunter, who played 20 minutes, uh, is going to impact them. The eventual return of Chris Dunn is going to impact them. The eventual return of Cam Reddish is going to impact them. And I think, well, let's just wait and see if they make any consolidation trades from the Hawks at the deadline. But... They are definitely on the chopping block in 12-team leagues. The Baptist John Collins had uh, some foul problems, as usual, so only played 28 minutes, but 23-7 and seven is still excellent. A little bit empty in other areas, but yeah, decent enough production. Well, 12-14 and 14 for Capella and 28-5-8 and eight for Trey Young. We also got, amazingly, 32 minutes of Tony Snell. Now, that's going to have an impact on Bogdanovich and Herder and Gallinari when he's playing that much. 13 points with three triples for Snelly, who is now the 303rd-ranked player this season. Um, Nathan Knight, who was the backup center, that looks like that's over. While Anyeka Okongwu played four total minutes and Raja Rondo played 10 minutes and Solomon Hill down to five. But a really, really poor loss in the end for Atlanta, who again, were up pretty big. And then the uh, the Clippers, led by Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann, ended up steamrolling them. Kawhi had 25, 7, and 5 in 33 minutes with two blocks. That's pretty good. Paul George was bad. 
Eight points on 25%. He did have seven assists, two steals, and a block. People hate Paul George, and he frustrates me at times as well. Like, I think he says some dumb shit, and he acts like a dickhead a lot of the time. But he's a very, very good NBA player. He's a very good fantasy basketball player. And people will just be like, oh, playoffs. Playoff Paul George, mate. Payoff P, pandemic P, way off P. So when he has a shit game like this, you try and see if he can get a buy low. Because that means nothing. If his failures in the playoffs, which we've seen, his failures in the playoffs have nothing to do with fantasy basketball. So if someone wants to panic sell on Paul George, buy him. Buy him for sure. Let's talk about the Duck Luke Kennard, who was out of the rotation on this team and uh, came in and went bananas. Missed missed zero shots, hit all eight of them, 20 points, four triples, seven rebounds, four assists in a block. It's been pretty disappointing to see him um, fall out of the rotation this season. I think he's a pretty good player, but you know, I'm not changing my mind of where his rest of season value lies after this one. Same as I'm not doing it for Terrence Mann, who had a 21 and 10 double-double in 29 minutes. With a hit of three, had 57% shooting, pretty good numbers. And those guys were absolutely monsters in their plus minuses. Yeah, so were guys like Patrick Patterson and Amir Coffey. Just really a crazy run of those bench guys to get back in. Zubats played 25 minutes, 12 and 9 with a steal and two blocks. I think he's really good. You know that. If he gets 25 and 9, he's a clear 12 team must roster player. Maybe, maybe even 10 team, but I'm just not sure that's going to be the case. Serge Barker is out, and he still only played the 25 minutes here, which is, again, somewhat of a concern as to where his value lies as we move forward. Marcus Morris had 19 points with not much else. He's just a streamer for points and a 14 to 16 team league guy, while Reggie Jackson filling in for Patrick Beverly. Yeah, you can, uh, you can leave him alone. Get that garbage out of here! I'd rather Canard, I'd rather man playing point guard, to be honest, than Reggie Jackson at this point. Let's go and have a look at the top ads and drops over the last 24 hours. Taylor Horton Tucker's up 31%. Hopefully you added him. We talked about him a few days ago like that. TJ McConnell up 15%. Yep, another big game from him. Alec Burks up 10%. I reckon that might be chasing rainbows a little bit for Berksy, who's been really good and I think can be good. But when it's Burks, Rose, Peyton, Bullock, quickly in the mix, how does he get enough minutes? That is my concern. He's playing well. Take a fly by all means. While Miles Bridges up 9%, well, that would obviously uh, beat you right in the dick. Today, because he was pretty poor, still think you can hold him, but again, that massive massive bump, the massive rise uh, with the mellow out wasn't something I necessarily predicted. Jordan Poole up 9%. Absolutely, he's a great ad. Let's just see where this goes from Pooley. In terms of drops, Kenyon Martin down 18%. Totally fine. I understand that. Um, I still think he's going to have some value at some point, but drop him, no worries. Lamelo Ball down 8%. I'd wait for that second opinion. I understand dropping him, but I'd wait. De'Anthony Melton down 8%. That's going to be a larger number tomorrow. I just don't understand what Jenkins is doing. Gary Trent down 6%. Absolutely. Kendrick Nunn down 5%. How is he still rostered in enough leagues to be dropped in 5% of them? Get that garbage out of here! That's a pretty clear one. Um, and then let's have a look at the top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues from today's action. Jeremy Lamb. Talked about him. Yeah, I don't see that as a 12-team ad. Sterling Brown was fantastic, not something we look at outside of deepers. Paddy Connaughton, yeah, nice game with no Giannis and PJ Tucker. JaVale McGee, keep an eye on him, but probably not. Ty Jerome, absolutely a watch list sort of player. Luke Kennard was great, not buying into it. Pokyshevsky, he can be a 12-team guy, back end. Kenyon Martin, um, yeah, Lucas just talked about him as a droppable guy, but absolutely a name to watch as we move forward. Josh Okogie, no chance. And Dan House, more 14 to 16 team leagues. Let's now move on to have a look at some DFS action for Tuesday across the NBA. All right, so let's take a look at these six games across the NBA for Tuesday. Denver and Orlando, no Gary Harris, no Monty Morris for the Nuggets. Um, Orlando, is Aaron Gordon going to be on this team by the time this game's played? I don't know. It looks like a trade for him is heating up at the moment. Uh, 
Terence Ross is questionable as well. Cole Anthony remains out. The Nuggets are seven and a half point favorites here. The total is 216.5. Mo Bumba also questionable. While the next game is the Wizards and the Knicks. Derek Rose off the injury report, but no idea if he plays due to conditioning after having COVID. Alfred Payton is questionable. Mitchell Robinson is probable. And Emmanuel Quickly is probable. If Payton and or Rose play, Quickly's value is going to be very much in the toilet. Uh, for the Wizards, Davis Bertans is out. The Knicks are two-point favorites, and the total is 225.5. Lakers and Pelicans, no LeBron, no Anthony Davis, of course. While for the Pelicans, Lonzo Ball is questionable. Um, no Damian Jones for the Lakers. They didn't re-sign him. So we're going to get Markeith Morris starting again. We're going to get Kuzma minutes. We're going to get a lot of Taylor Horton Tucker, I hope, with some value there. While for the Pelicans, of course, we're looking to see if Ball is out. Alexander Walker is going to be the guy there. Phoenix and Miami. Goran Dragic and Avery Bradley, both questionable for Miami. Wouldn't be looking too closely into either of those guys. Uh, I think this could be a rough matchup for DeAndre Ayton going up against Bam Adebayo. So even though Ayton put up some good numbers against Montrez Harrell, almost the best option you'd want to go up against if you're struggling, I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that in this one against Bam. Brooklyn and Portland. No Kyrie Irving, no Kevin Durant. Maybe no James Harden. Harden is questionable in this game with neck stiffness, and that's going to open up stuff if he doesn't play. I'm really interested in Nick Claxton. I think Bruce Brown starts with Kyrie out, but Tyler Johnson gets a boost. Tyler Johnson can get a massive boost if Harden's out. Keep an eye on him. Um, And some real interesting stuff could go down there. So just keep an eye on that Harden situation. While for the Warriors, no Steph Curry. For the Sixers, no Seth Curry. For the Warriors, though, Wiseman, Looney, and Pascal are all uh, probable to return from COVID protocols. Um, So we could have that center rotation really change around. Jordan Poole is going to be the real value guy, though, with Steph out. And with Seth out, they started Furkan Korkmaz last game. They could go back to Matisse Thibel in that spot, while, of course, Joel Embiid remains sidelined over there as well. In terms of value, I like Korkmaz and Bruce Brown. I like Joe Harris quite a bit. I like Claxton. I like Wiseman somewhat at 3,700 if he plays. I like Cantor, Jordan Poole. Aaron Gordon, if he plays, I like James Harden. I like um, uh, Jay Crowder a little bit. I like Rui Hachimura a lot at 5,200. I like Bam at 8,000. I like Rowan Barrett at 62 and Damian Lillard at 9,400. That'll do it for today's show, guys. Don't forget to check back. uh, If a trade goes down and I'm not asleep, I'll do a mini show on that. But trade deadline show coming 2 p.m. Eastern Thursday. You can check it on the YouTube channel as well. It'll be live on YouTube. You can see the scheduled show there where you can jump in and watch for that last hour as we talk about everything that goes down. Don't forget to subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on YouTube, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.